0: Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists.
1: And we are live on this Easter weekend with Jeff Kowal on WISN Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison. It is the Retirement Clinic. I'm Paul Kronforce. Jeff is joining us on the phone. Jeff, happy, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you too. Uh, looking forward to the show we've got a full hour in front of us the retirement clinic just by way of background Jeff will we'll do your little elevator speech and talk about the ko investment group the retirement specialist uh, your locations your website the and then if people have questions we will open up phone lines they can certainly call in on this Easter weekend with sure. retirement questions uh, but let's just sure. talk about what you do and what at the koala investment group and and Really, retirement is your niche.
2: That's right. And that's a very good point because retirement planning is what we do all the time. It's not one of the things that we do. And I think that that's what separates us from everybody else out there. Others will do education planning. They'll do a you know, fine job with other things. But if you're looking about retirement planning and investments, if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, really the COAL Investment Group is the place to go to also generational planning uh, we a lot of our clients like the fact that we have the next generation in place both in terms of advisors and also in terms of helping your next generation so if you have kids and grandkids that need help um, we've been around for 34 years we've worked with a lot of clients and a lot of kids with clients as well but really that's the focus of our planning is doing investment planning we manage almost a billion dollars of assets for our clients if you're close to already in retirement with seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or more in retirement assets, this is what we do all the time, not some of the time.
1: Jeff, in the show
2: How, How's that for an elevator
1: speech? That is a great elevator speech. You know, what do they say if you're you know in a in an elevator and somebody asks what you do, or you hand them a business card, it takes about 20, 30 seconds. I think you did that perfectly, Jeff. Uh, we've been doing the show since two thousand and one. In fact, right. Uh, the week of 9/11 was our our the week first show.
2: Started before, yep.
1: Boy, a lot's happened since then. The country's changed obviously, but uh the need for retirement planning, Jeff, is always there. I see we got calls already and you've got topics to get to today. We've got Aaron joining us with the boss minute for business owners. You have a sexy segment I presume today? Absolutely. And that it's comes be up. be a good one too. Way. any little uh indication you want to tease us
2: well if somebody has got a million six but he's only 50 so i want to talk about that and the possibility of doing that and that that is important because what you know if you're getting beat up at work both emotionally and physically doesn't make sense for you to consider pulling the pin early so that's what we're going to talk about the sexy segment
1: got it that's in the uh, second half of the show and of course the the show of the entire hour welcomes you to join us. Jeff's got some topics I know that usually start out the program with, but let's get to the phones right now and we'll start with Steve and Muskego and answer some retirement questions here on WISN and WIBA. Steve, good morning. How can we help you? Hi uh, morning, Steve.
0: Uh, uh, I'm not uh, at retirement age yet, but uh, I'm the primary breadwinner. My, my wife's uh, uh, not able to work anymore. Um, and so my question is: Is if I take Social Security when she turns uh, sixty-seven and a half, uh, can she take Social Security too, or, or because I'm taking it, she can't take it? How does that work?
2: No, there are new there are new rules. And is she qualified on her own for Social Security? Yes. Uh, is she taking hers now?
0: Uh, well, she's too young to to take it. She's only uh, fifty-eight.
2: Okay. Um, then I would would first of all consider grabbing hers, and you've got quite a bit of time. She would have to be full retirement age also, and you would have to be for her to be able to claim on yours. And you would have to be claiming on your Social Security. Uh, So both of you would have to be able to claim on it. Uh, However, what what you might want to do is if she is eligible on her own, uh, is she getting a disability benefit now? Do you know? Uh, you would know no she's not getting any disability
0: she unfortunately uh, I'll try to make the Cliff Notes uh, version she She did get injured, but she never claimed workman's comp against uh, there was somebody that gave her bad advice and, and now she can't claim well, it car- at all so
2: well I, I wouldn't be so sure about that uh, 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 Carol Rich was on our show last week, and she was talking about how they're more it's easier to they have help to make disability claims. So that's the first thing I would do. Second, I would consider having her grabbing her social security when she reaches age 62, because chances are your social security is going to be higher than hers. So why not grab hers early? So I would consider taking hers as early as you possibly can if she doesn't qualify for disability uh, from social security. But I think that there are Uh, I would revisit that, and there may be ways that uh, Social Security Administration that office might help you. I wouldn't just dismiss that because you don't have a uh, workman's comp claim. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I always enjoy your show, so keep up the great work. Thanks, Steve.
1: Thanks hey, for the comments, Steve. And hey,
2: give my office a call too if you want to get into more detail about it, Steve.
1: And that number, Jeff, is 262 522 4040. 262. Notice how I snuck that in there.
2: You know what? Wait, Paul. Carol Richardson just texted me and says, haven't called me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> she is awesome. So, uh, Steve, give give my office a call. We'll get you in touch with Carol Richardson. She's a special uh, a retired Social Security. Uh, public affairs specialist that is always a dear friend of the show. We love her and she always helps our clients. So give her office a call and uh, she'll help you out.
3: Yeah, we
1: had her on the uh, He's basically a week late with the questioning. Uh, last week we spent the whole hour, but yes, call the Kowal Investment Group, 262-522-4040. Uh, if you forget that or you're driving around, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, com. All right, Jeff, time to dive into your topic of the day.
2: Yeah, I'm going start with alphabet soup. This is, it, it gets pretty uh, complicated with all the uh, acronyms that we have in our business. Uh, there, I have a, uh, an article with about 20 of them on there. I'm not going to go through 20. I'm going to go for, through probably 10 of them just briefly, and then I want to concentrate on one in particular. Uh, let's start with the CARES Act. That's the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. That was enacted in... March of last year in response to the coronavirus, it waived required minimum distributions, things like that. DB is defined is designated beneficiary, Paul, by way of background. You hear of things like IRA, uh, RMDs, things like that. So I just yep. want to go through some of those. Those
1: and say, acronyms that, we, that you hear every day, Jeff, but some of us don't know what they mean.
2: That's right. DB is designated beneficiary. That's a living person. So that's a designated beneficiary. I'll get into the other one. A non-designated beneficiary is someone who is not a living person. That's a charity or a state or a qualifying trust. So um, the difference is with a designated beneficiary, there are certain rules regarding uh, stretch IRAs, that they can stretch it out over five years with a designated named living person beneficiary, whereas a non-designated beneficiary a trust or or a charity has to be paid out over five years, so that's a big difference. Uh, uh, ERISA, E R I S A, that's the Employee Income Retirement Security Act, Employee Retirement Income Security Act, ERISA. And Paul, we joked about it in the past. ERISA, E R I S A. We used to, when it came out, we used to joke that that was every rotten idea since Adam. It it, it also
1: sounds like a new contemporary female name, doesn't it, Arissa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
2: Um, It'd be a great anyway, that, cool name. That, that regulates company-sponsored company, company sponsored retirement plans and health plans. What were you going to say, Paul? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's just nothing. There's an Alyssa in your office. <laughs> Alyssa, who does a great job uh, kind of communicating As with me. As
2: opposed to Arissa, yeah.
1: Right. It's like saying her name, Arissa. Uh, oh, boy. It's just, Yet I'm getting... unrealized
2: appreciation. Let's unrealized let's, let's get back to this, Paul. All right. Anyway is net unrealized appreciation. That's a tax strategy by which a 401k plan participant with highly appreciated company stock can delay the tax on the appreciation of stock. What does that mean? Let's say you you paid $100,000, you have a a company stock in your 401k. You paid $100,000 for it. Now it's worth $500,000 in your 401k. If you just roll that into an IRA, then it all becomes taxable when you take it out as ordinary income. With this strategy, you can peel off the company stock, the highly appreciated stock, and you can pay it at capital gains tax rates. So capital gains tax rates may be at 10 or 15%, which is lower. Ordinary income tax may be 30 or 35%. So if you could do net unrealized appreciation, that's a big planning tool. If you have highly appreciated stock, and a lot of people do, a lot of companies uh, uh, have highly appreciated stock or stock that you bought early in your career, so you have to pay attention to that. That's NUA, Quadro, Q-D-R-O, that's Qualified Domestic Relations Order. That's a state order by which an ex-spouse is is awarded a portion of an ERISA plan. Uh, quattro only applies to. You think you're getting a divorce? I'll just use Quattro for the IRA. Doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. A Quattro, a qualified domestic relations order, applies to an ERISA plan. So that's your 401k plan or 403b plan. That's what Quattro, a pension plan. That's what it applies to. Got it. Okay, I'm going to do three more, and then I'm going to go into 72T. I think we have a couple minutes to do this. I know some of your Uh,
1: acronyms in your industry, but I've never heard of some of these. Yeah. Like like Quattro.
2: Some of these are pretty common. Um, RBD is required beginning date. That's the date by which IRA owners must start taking money out of their retirement
1: class. Required beginning date? Correct. So
2: RMD, RMD is required minimum distribution. Yep. RBD, required beginning date, is the date that you have to start taking them.
1: Got it. Okay.
2: RMDs are what you have to take. RBD is the date you have to start taking it. And the last one I'm going to do here, I'm going to go 72T, but the last acronym is the SECURE Act. The SECURE Act is setting every community up for retirement enhancement act. Wow. That's a stretch. (laughs) But it's SECURE Act. It was enacted in December of 2019, and among other things, it raised the RMD rate, the age to 72. Uh, It allowed people who were 70 and a half to continue making IRA contributions and eliminated the stretch IRA for most non-spouse IRA beneficiaries. Now, it didn't eliminate it. It modified it and said you can't stretch it out over your life expectancy. You can stretch it out over 10 years. Uh, but th- that's a SECURE Act. I have about a minute left, and I want to talk about 72T. That's when it comes up every once in a while. Yep. If you're under 59 and a half, um, you typically have to take, if you want to take money out of your retirement plan, you have to pay a 10% federal penalty and a 3.33% state penalty. Uh, that's under 59 and a half. 72 72T is a substantial equal periodic payment. It's a way to get money out of your retirement plan before you're 59 and a half without penalties. So that's alphabet soup for this morning. Um, I think we got uh, a lot I, of different... I things. like
1: that, alphabet soup. <laughs> yeah. Explaining all it, the it, acronyms. It, now, you mentioned SECURE Act. Real quickly, Jeff, what's the CARES Act? That had to do with the, um, the COVID relief, right?
2: That's right. That was March of 2020. The SECURE Act was December of 19. That addressed everything with regard to retirement. The CARES Act was, uh, whether it effective is required, waived required minimum distributions for last year and created some other things like a, a coronavirus distribution of 100,000 dollars last year uh, without penalties.
1: I like it. The alphabet soup segment with Jeff Kowal. That's good stuff. (laughs) Uh, So often we toss these around, you know. I mean, everybody knows IRA, and they understand, I think, what most of these common ones stand for. But some of these, like Quattro, I never heard of before.
2: Quattro, NUA, NUA is a big one, especially a lot of people in this area have company stock. And you have to pay attention to that because that could save you potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes.
1: Well, coming up is Aaron Cowell and the Boss segment. Business, owner, savings, and security. And that's a weekly feature. The sexy segment is in the second half of the show. We took a question uh, earlier in the program, and certainly we'll get back to more of your questions or texts. In fact, the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line is open right now. 414-799-1130. Jeff Cowell is here. Your host of the Retirement Clinic. Locations for the Cowell Investment Group in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona. And of course, that beautiful view of Highway 20 in Racine. The CoWalway.com for more info. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute. Business owners, savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Just one week before the Paycheck Protection Program was set to expire, lawmakers voted to extend the program. The bill overwhelmingly passed in both the House and the Senate. This is good news for small businesses who need a helping hand due to struggles endured from the pandemic. The new program deadline is now May 31st, giving small businesses an additional two months to apply for a PPP loan and an additional 30 days for the U.S. Small Business Administration to finish processing applications received by May 31st. This extension will will also aid lenders and businesses that have encountered errors in the application process and give lenders more time to implement a series of changes the Biden administration made to the program. The additional two months may also allow some small businesses that got a first ppp loan this year in 2021 to apply for a second one those who did receive a ppp loan this year likely did not have enough time to apply for a second loan if one was needed as eight weeks must pass between loans of course there are restrictions and specific qualifications for a second loan those details along with the most up-to-date ppp loan guidance can be found on the Small Business Administration's website, www.sba.gov. According to the SBA, there are about $80 billion in funding left, so there's still time and money available for small business owners who need it. If you need help getting started, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com.
1: Today's boss is minute with Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, and that's business Owners, Savings and Security, Jeff at the COWAL Investment Group. By the way, welcome back to Retirement Clinic on WISN and WIBA. Jeff, you guys deal with business owners all the time, many of whom think, well, do I need a retirement plan? I've got my business. That is my plan.
2: Well, and that's valid for a lot of people. They know their business is inside and out, and they figure if I'm going to make money or lose money, I'll do it with that. However, it's good to be diversified. It's good to have a retirement plan. It's also good that if that is your retirement plan and you sell your business, then what? What do you do with the proceeds from that to make sure that the money is going to last, to help assure that the money is going to last the rest of your life? Generate income, grow it, pass it on to your heirs. So there are a lot of other questions than just what your business does. Uh, so that's why it's important. To, if you can, give the uh, Koala Investment Group a call or go online at com and schedule a time to meet with us.
1: Uh, the Cowalway.com is the website you just mentioned. It's got all the locations on there, the phone number. You hear the market updates. We haven't talked about that, but every day of the week. In fact, Jeff, you did yesterday's Good Friday uh, market report. The markets were closed yesterday, but there's always information to talk about, and you personally did yeah. that. Your staff does a great job.
2: Yeah, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN in Milwaukee. 4.55 on Vicki McKenna's show on WIBA and Madison. We give you one minute on what's going on in the market that day. Is there a government report? Is it earnings report, which is seasons coming up
3: for earnings?
2: What's driving the market that particular day? How is it affecting your investment in retirement accounts? We wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500. Uh, all in one minute. Uh, Three and five o'clock news blocks of Mark Belling, showing WISN, Milwaukee. Four fifty-five on WIBA in Madison.
1: Let's go back to the phones and answer some retirement questions on the Retirement Clinic. That's what we do, and we'll go to Sheboygan and talk to Virgil. Good morning.
3: Hi, thank you for taking a call.
1: Hi, Virgil.
3: This, um, my question is: I am retired. I am living off of a uh, well, an annuity right now because I switched over, switched over from an IRA. So I also have a Roth, and am I required now that I'm over seventy two to take money out of that Roth?
2: That's a very good question, uh, and there's two part answer to that. One is that as it stands right now, you do not have to take distributions from your Roth IRA. You're not re- you're, there are no required minimum distribution. From that, and that's the powerful thing about Roth IRAs. Not only is it tax-free for the rest of your life, but um, you don't have to take RMDs from it. The second part of that is that could be changing. <laughs> um, four years ago, President Obama tried to push something through. It's basically that only smart people or wealthy people have Roth IRAs, and the whole population doesn't have it doesn't have Roth IRAs. So it's not fair that you have tax-free growth forever, even though you paid the taxes on it already. So what uh, Obama tried to do uh, four years ago and what President Biden is likely to try to do now is to equalize the the RMDs and have people take required minimum distributions from all plans. So then you would have to take a required minimum distribution. But as it stands now, you do not.
3: Okay. Is there a chance... Do you believe that that would be grandfathered in starting on a certain date, or it would just include, you know, from, from, from the beginning?
2: It'll be from that
3: point forward.
2: Um, again, they, they don't want you to accumulate money tax-free, so let's say they push the tax bill through this year. Chances are it won't be for this year, but you never know. Uh, bill Clinton said to the president that he made estate taxes retroactive to the first of the year back in the day. So they may go back to the first of this year, but they will go back to prior years.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate your time.
1: Hi. Virgil, we appreciate the... the, uh, Yeah, thank you for the phone call, Virgil. There is something we've got to talk about, Jeff. It involves AT&T employees, and you've got a seminar coming up.
2: Well, we've got webinars coming up. Retirement benefits are changing for AT&T employees. Uh, We're here to help make sure employees understand these changes and how the changes affect them and their plans for retirement. We have some great information up on our website, thecoalway.com. Right on our homepage, you'll see an AT&T banner. Click on that, and it'll take you to the ATT page with more information about the benefit changes. And also, you can register for upcoming informational webinars. They're April 29th and May 4th. You get the times on there and how to register for those. And you can schedule a complimentary retirement review. Uh, you don't have to go it alone. Uh, we are fiduciaries. So I mean, we, we always put our clients' interests first. And if you're an AT&T retiree, you got that information about uh, your benefits changing. Come on in and see us and see how it applies to you. Uh, and then join us for our uh, webinars. Uh, go to the Cowal Way.
1: Now, Jeff. Before Alphabet Soup, remember you explained Quattro and what all these acronyms yeah. in your industry mean. Um, you just well, what was the word you just mentioned? I was going to ask you about the um, with now. It slipped my mind. See what happens here when uh, I lose uh, my train of. Was it fiduciary or? Yeah, yes, it, it that's that's, that that's You read my mind. Thank you, Jeff. You saved me. <laughs> what here we we hear fiduciary all the time. What does that mean? Can you explain that?
2: Well, the co- about four years ago, they pushed through uh, rules that required uh, generally required people to disclose whether they are fiduciaries or not. A fiduciary by contract. We signed a contract with you saying that we will always put your, your interest above our own. Um, and, and at the Coal Investment Group, we've done that since 1987. I've always felt that if we did what was best for the client, that we would succeed, we would do well, and our clients would do well also. Um, uh, we always did it voluntarily and now we we sign a contract that says that we will always put your we won't be compromised we will always put your interests above our own Again, we always thought that if you do well, we'll
1: do well. Yep, that's that you explained that well. And you just hear these terms a lot, and I'm glad that you took some time to explain them. Jeff Kowal is here today on WISN and also WIBA in Madison. Every week we do the retirement clinic. You're welcome to join us. We've had several good questions uh, so far. You can yep. also text us at that same number, the Akinet Mortgage Line, 414 799 1130. Okay, Jeff, what's up next?
2: Well, so I want to talk a little bit about Biden's infrastructure plan and who would benefit from that. But I want to start just a little bit about the second quarter coming up. Okay. Um, we anticipate that the second quarter is going to be pretty good. Uh, it, earnings uh, season starts. Um, usually it's Alcoa and those that are the first ones that come out with the earnings from the prior quarter. Um, uh, if you remember a year ago, uh, the country was devastated by the start of COVID. This, the, everything was shut down. They were firing employees. Uh, unemployment went crazy. So the earnings report this year are going to be compared to the low numbers from a year ago. So that's why when, when you hear about, you know, they're still going to be compared to expectations, excuse me, but not only expectations, but also compared to last year's numbers. The other thing is that to keep in mind with this upcoming quarter is that states and businesses are opening up. New York, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, Michigan, California, big states are going to open up. Employers are going to start hiring. There's going to be consumer spending going on. So the markets look like, you know, the markets look at where the economy will be six or nine months from now. So along with a, probably a decent quarter, we'll also have a lot of volatility because they are going to be looking out six and nine months. Talk about Biden's infrastructure plan. Talk about higher taxes. Those are the types of things that are headwinds for a good market later on in the year.
1: Now, you talked about the second quarter looking good. Let's look backwards. The first quarter, we just wrapped it up, obviously. Jeff, it's April 3rd today. The first three months were pretty darn good. Yeah, the
2: S&P 500 was up about
1: 6%. Treasuries and some others got hit uh, the first quarter. Uh,
2: b- but it was surprising. Tech sector didn't do as well. NASDAQ was up about 1.5%. Um, but the, you know, the large company value stocks did, did pretty well. Um, technology stocks didn't do as well, though they did recover. Um, we think that that's going to be more of the same. Companies still ha- are flush. They have a lot of cash. Uh, the higher um, transportation costs haven't hit them as badly yet, at least not in the first quarter. So we'll see. Those are types of things. Now we talked. I, I teased it a little bit, Paul, about the Biden's infrastructure plan. There was a, a Wall Street Journal article that talked about his which sectors would benefit. And it says auto manufacturers, semiconductor makers, and fiber optic companies. Renewable energy producers, pharmaceutical developers, home builders, construction, $2.3 trillion infrastructure plan touches a lot of different companies. And many companies stand to benefit from an infusion of federal funds. The next line is probably the most important line in this whole article. It says, but the money would come with strings attached. Requirements that they hire unionized workers in some cases and use Washington windfall in specific communities. If you remember, that's the type of thing that could derail a, a, a good infrastructure plan. You know, protecting the spotted snail or some things like that, environmental concerns. Right,
1: the turtles.
2: Yeah, a percent of this or that that has to be. You know, there are going to be so many regulations, and that was the power of President Trump, if you look back. He reduced, we never would have gotten um, a COVID virus uh, vaccine if it had not been him fast tracking that or forcing the issue with that. Oh, he'll never a get credit companies- for that.
1: But it, it, if you recall, it was Trump, though, that he was pushed and pushed and pushed on a daily basis yep. in those press conferences to get this thing approved. And it yep. was. And now, you know, now it's out there. And of course, you know who is taking credit for all the uh, vaccines. <laughs> well, it was done because of because of Trump's insistence that we get this vaccine out. you
2: think this, this, absolutely, you think this $2.3 trillion trillion is going to go right into the roads. That's not going to happen. It's it's likely to go into unions, likely to go into pensions, likely to get into other things. Um, And the, the, the trucking industry would be a major beneficiary of repairing roads. So the American Trucking Association praised it, but we disagree with certain provisions especially those related to labor well, that are counterproductive to economic growth and will only serve as political poison pills
1: the the plan okay, itself we- is meant to fix highways rebuild bridges upgrade ports yeah. airports transit systems basically fixing the potholes and things like that they also talked about the electric grid a new which I kind of think is important Jeff um, if we're going to be using Tesla's and electric cars we need to have the electric grid okay. Capable. Yes, but
2: it's going to take. It's going to take power to generate that electricity. Yes, it will. So where's that power going to come from? It's going to come from coal. It's going to come from everything else. Um, and you know, they talk about putting a lot of money into these infrastructures. Do you remember the term "shovel ready" projects? Yep, I do. There aren't shovel ready projects. So the, 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 a lot of the things will, you know, it'll be wallowing um, before. Uh, before they actually get implemented. Uh, There's short-term subsidies to help consumers pay for Internet access. Semiconductor manufacturers are the clear winners. Uh, Electric vehicle makers, you mentioned that. The administration has an aggressive $174 billion multi-part strategy to boost companies making electric vehicles. Think Solyndra. Cylinder was a company that got billions of dollars and then failed. Um, and, you know, they, they, the, the government is usually not a good one to pick uh, winners and losers in those types of things. It's usually the consumers that are better at picking winners and losers.
1: Jeff, I got to. Um, can I just ask you quick? Because we do have to take a break here. Okay. We'll, we'll get back to it. We can get back to the infrastructure plan, the sexy segment coming up. If I were to step back and go thumbs up or thumbs down to this infrastructure plan that Biden is coming out with, what would you give it?
2: Definitely a thumbs down right now. It's just only a fourth of the money goes towards uh, less than a fourth. I think it's 20% actually goes towards infrastructure. Uh, some of it goes towards, like I said, um, the pet projects, clean energy producers, things like that, Yeah, that are not necessarily part of um, infrastructure. Um, so I think that it's a thumbs down for now. Yep. If they peeled off 20% of it and just did infrastructure, it would be a great, fantastic bill. Sure. But that's not likely to happen.
1: AOC said it's not near enough. <laughs> it's Of course. <laughs> it's never going to be enough with her, right? You could say $10 trillion, $20 trillion. Nope. Uh, not enough. Got to tax there is, more. There was
2: somebody, was it Tucker Carlson, that said, who cares what she thinks? She's mostly wrong. <laughs> but, but some of it goes towards bailing out the college tuition, things like that. Yeah. How is that part of infrastructure? I'm not exactly sure. It's
1: not. And she doesn't even know what a garbage disposal is. So we'll just wrap it, yeah. wrap it up right there. We'll take a break. We're going to come back. Ra- <laughs> the sexy segment. It's true. She didn't know what a garbage disposal was when she moved into D.C. and her, into her condo. We'll be back with the sexy segment on WISN. WIBA right after this. Welcome back. WISN and WIBA, the retirement clinic. We continue with Jeff Kowal. The music tells us it's time for the sexy segment, Jeff, which is about wealth management and preservation. But each week you have a new spin and a new angle.
2: That's right. This show is for everybody, but this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't have a million dollars. But if you look at it, if you have, $500,000 $500,000 in your retirement plan, if you have $250,000 in other investments, if you have a $500,000 house, if you have $2 million in life insurance, you're well over a million dollars, well over, and you have to pay attention to these types of things once you've accumulated some wealth. This segment generally is for those who have accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs, and address questions that come up around the time when you have more than a million dollars. This was um, a pretty good article from MarketWatch, and it says, I have a question about retirement, and it says, I'm 52, won't live past 80, and I have $1.6 million. I'm tired of both the rat race and workplace politics. Should I retire? He goes on to say that he's got 800000 in savings, $800,000 in 401K, uh, $300,000 in the house, he's got an emergency fund, and he can live on $60,000 a year, um, but it's often less than that. And nobody in his family has ever lived beyond age 80. So he says, I'm good. If I retire at 52, I can get done with the politics and I don't have to worry about anybody else I have enough money.
1: At 52, 52? Yes. Wow. And there's
2: there's a lot to unpack here with that question. There are some of these answers that, that they gave in the article are pretty good. I'm going to add some of my own. Now, first of all, I think that there's uh workplace politics and the stress that's involved with that is real that i think that if it if it adversely affects your health uh address it but uh um uh, but you know you always have have to be mentally tough as well suck it up and stick it out if you can uh because it's not just a current time when things might be bad at work um it things could get better and then you would have been felt badly that you left um $50,0 a year one thing that a lot of people forget about is to include inflation. Um, Sixty thousand a year may be great right now, but if you take that over the, over your lifetime, that may double or triple what you're going to need. Especially if we joke, if you screw up and live a long time with medical advances, he says that you know, he's only going to live till eighty. That could change dramatically with um, medical advances. Another thing is health insurance is probably one of the most crucial if not the most crucial consideration you'll need to, to make. You're 52, which means you have 13 years until you qualify for Medicare. Private health insurance can be very expensive and you don't have a spouse's insurance coverage. Premiums alone will take a large chunk out of what you spend. Um, it could be exorbitant rates. You don't know what the health insurance, so that's that's a key thing. The other thing is that A lot of people could live beyond age eighty. Once you hit age sixty-five, there's a one in three chance that you may need long-term care, nursing home, home health care living. Once
1: you hit sixty-five, basically thirty-three percent chance you'll need long-term care.
2: Yeah. So if you look at Hmm. that by himself, two spouses together, guess what? That's sixty percent chance. Better a sixty percent chance that one of the two is going to need some sort of long-term care. Sure, uh, That's something that, you know, nursing home, home health care, assisted living, that's going to last longer than 90 days. So $1.6 million nest egg is nice. You have to take into account health insurance. You have to take uh, in, uh, into account uh, inflation. And you also have to take into account the lifestyle. What do you do when you're 52? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible, but a lot of people get tired of golfing every day. Um, and they, they, have,
1: they have developed from other interests. But, well, you, know, you know, don't. It's golf. You, no, I just want to comment on that. You're right. You don't have to golf every day, but you can pick up new hobbies. I'm a musician. Absolutely. I would. I would do a lot more recording. I would work outside of my. I would travel. I mean, retirement. I I know sure, people sure, say absolutely. it's it's very abrupt, and some people can't handle it as well as others. I think it's just person to person. It varies, Jeff. Right.
2: Absolutely. And you're right. There are a lot of things that you could do in retirement. The point is, think about that. Think about what you would do, and don't just be so upset at what's going on at the office that particular day that you say I'm out of here. Because you have to think about how long your money is going to last. Yep. Health insurance considerations, inflation, and that's what. It you know, get, just gets back to what we do at the Koal Investment Group. Is 1.6 million enough? It's not just eyeballing it. and saying, Yeah, I think that works. You know, with Social Security, Social Security doesn't kick in for them for another 10 years at the early. Oh yeah. Later if he, if he delays it. So there are a lot of things to consider. Yeah, Health one
1: to and, so, it's all perspective Jeff. Some people think 1.6 million is plenty. Oh my gosh, I'm a millionaire. Of course that's enough for me to live on. Others will say that's not even close. It's it's lifestyle, how much are you going to spend, where are you living, are you traveling? Back to that, what are you going to do? One of my favorite, you know, You've heard of Neil Peart. It's not Pert; It's Neil Peart, the drummer from Rush, who passed away, unfortunately, you know, a year ago. He once said that his mom told him this one growing up. And he practiced drums like eight hours every day. You should never be bored. If you're ever bored in life, you've got a problem. Isn't that a great quote?
2: Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, you'll find other interests. Um, and you, have, you may have to go outside of your comfort zone to do that. Um, but, again, you, you think about what you're going to do in retirement, the financial part. We do a cash flow analysis that takes into account inflation. Uh, what if scenarios in terms of bad timing scenario? What happens as soon as you retire, the market tanks and you lose uh, 400000 or 500000 of that $1.6 Then what? Do you still have enough? to last the rest of your yep. life. And even if it's 52, 62, or 72, you want to retire once. You don't want to have to go back to work at 75 because you made a slight miscalculation. I so you Think of all the other things, the, 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 the inflation, health insurance, all those things come into play.
1: No, that's, that's a good segment, Jeff. And that guy's young, 52 is very young. Not everybody can retire that young. But um, back to my Neil Peart quote, You should never be bored. Uh, Dawn and I, the other night, were sitting around, not saying we're bored, because I I never want to say I'm bored, but we're re-watching Mad Men on, um, on Prime. Yeah. I watched Mad Men once, and I loved it, but it's been many years, and I forgot how good it was it's really well so done. it's still good the second time around it's right? even better it's better the second time around uh that's just it jeff there's always something to do right if you're feeling you can play games you can go online the internet with i mean we've got so many things at our disposal right now you really should never be bored
2: yeah, physically and mentally there are a lot of things you can do with travel and get exercise and golfing and uh, internet, all kinds of things. Take a, take a walk. yourself in
1: retirement. You're right. Yep. It, it, just take a walk. Go outside. Okay, I'm bored. 45 minutes. Take a walk. Uh, good, sexy not segment.
2: You not saying you shouldn't do it at 52. Just make sure you do all the uh, take all those things into consideration.
1: We'll be right back with the retirement clinic. Back with Jeff Kowal as we wrap up today's retirement clinic. My comment about being a, a bored, you should never be bored. I just got a text from a listener that said, if you're bored, you're boring. That's pretty good, Jeff.
2: I think that's probably true, too. Yeah. Let's try not to be boring. Uh, um, <laughs> we are The, the website, thekowalway.com, is not boring. If you're an AT&T retiree, go online, check out our webinars coming up. Retirement planning is all we do at the Kowal Investment Group. It's not one of the things that we do. We address all areas of, of planning with retirement, uh, investment, taxes, estate planning, long-term care, all things retirement planning. That's what separates us from everybody else out there. Uh, go to the thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Also give our office a call at 262 And uh, if Aaron or Marie or one of them were here, they'd say we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Social uh, media. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on at the Coal Investment Group, and you can find out a lot about it. And you can schedule your initial consultation if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, if you're close to or already in retirement. You can call, go onto to the coalway.com and schedule your initial consultation.
1: That number, 262-522-4040. Out of time today, Jeff. Have a blessed Easter. Thanks. You too, Paul. Thanks for tuning in on WIBA Madison, WISN Milwaukee to the Retirement Clinic. We'll see you next week.